Hi, um, hey everybody at home um, or watching this at a different time. My name is David, and I'm going to be sharing with you something that's really been on my heart as we've been going through the book of Acts, and geez, really for several years, especially on my heart as I've been learning and growing in this community. So something that happens a lot to me when I hang out with people that have known each other way longer than I've known them and it could, be, it could be family who spend more time together, it could be friends who spend a lot more time together, is this history that I know I'm not a part of. And a lot of times it's because of something they're laughing about that is clearly not funny um, on its own, but it's funny because of something they understand. And as much as I know that's totally fine, that's the way it really should be, I still feel like... I'm missing something that I might never have. And I don't know if you felt like that, but that happens to me a lot. And spiritually speaking, uh, God's relationship with his people from a history perspective has been like that for a long, or was like that for a really long time. So if you're, if you're listening to this, and if you are of Jewish descent, you have a much deeper history with God than anybody else ever. You were given, your people were given the first knowledge of God and the first warnings of God centuries before it came to anyone else. Now, as we've been going through the book of Acts, we've covered how after Jesus rose from the dead, the gospel spread from Jerusalem and it spread to first the Samaritans, which were related to the Jewish people, but they had a lot of bad blood between them and the Hebrews. I think I covered that a few weeks ago. And... God went through his followers, specifically Philip, and he reached out to these not-quite-there people to help them know that Jesus was for them as well. And that was a big deal. And then I also covered in that time how, starting with the Ethiopian official that Philip reached out to, the gospel was clearly shown to be for all people. So after that, we then learned about Saul, who had actually started the persecution in Jerusalem that had scattered everyone out and scattered them to Samaria and scattered, scattered them further than that. And how he, the, the oppressor of Christianity, God took hold of him and showed him that because Paul was a Hebrew, deeply, deeply passionate about his faith, God showed him that far from being a threat to his faith, Jesus was actually the total fulfillment of everything he had ever believed. And from that moment, Paul began passionately proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah, as the Savior for the Jewish people and for other people. So that's where I'm going to pick up. Paul and Barnabas, which Tom Kay mentioned earlier, uh, Barnabas and Paul had been sent out. They'd been commissioned by a church body and by the Holy Spirit to go and reach, just travel around and, and preach Jesus to different cities and different peoples. So they come to what's called, uh, I found this out actually, Pisidian Antioch. There are two Antiochs, fun fact. So they're Pisidian Antioch, and they go, and as was their custom, being Jews, they spend time uh, on the Sabbath at a Jewish synagogue, just listening to the scriptures being read, listening to the prophets being read. And because they're traveling, and because Paul is uh, a respective figure, he is asked by the, the Jews in that synagogue that day, to stand up and give a word of encouragement, if he has it. So Paul stands up, and 
I'll read this message in, that he gives in a second. But he stands up and he starts by initially addressing the Jews who were in the synagogue, but he also speaks to the God-fearing Gentiles who were there. Now that's, that's really, really important because these people were not Jews. They were not God's chosen people, but they wanted him. They understood that he was the only really source of, of life. They, they, they saw something that the Jews had and they wanted it. They believed in God, but they weren't quite there. You might feel like that, and this is kind of where this message is going. If you feel like you aren't in or that God doesn't want you in, Paul's message is for you. So let me read it. It's in Acts 13. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen, I chose this. He's, I know he's Jewish, but he's a Roman citizen, so I figured, you know, he's Italian. <laughs> fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. He says, you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of this people, of the people of Israel, chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness. And he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king. And side note, God told them, you're not going to like it. And they said, no, no, give us a king. And he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, because again, it was not a good idea for them to ask, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you suppose that I am? I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, you are my son. Today I have become your father. 
God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay. As God has said, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is also stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy one see decay. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Now, if you heard that and you thought, wow, that was a lot of names and dates and history that doesn't really apply to me, I don't want you to miss the point of what Paul was saying. Everyone. Jesus came for everyone. Now, that's not to say the history doesn't matter. He started speaking as an encouragement to his Hebrew brethren, and that's important. History is great. The more we dig into the Bible, the more we we grow in our faith, we ought to learn more, and we have a deeper relationship with God as we get to know him more. But what it breaks down to is that is available for everyone. God is reaching out to everyone, not just the people he initially chose through his son, and he's breaking through those barriers. So if you're listening tonight, if you are of Jewish descent, rejoice in the relationship that you have with God. The, the, the depth of that relationship goes back millennia. If you are a non-Jew, a Gentile, which is everybody else, and you are here because you believe in God, rejoice that you have access to God, and it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or not. You have him. So if that's what you needed to hear, that you're in, that you are part of the kingdom of God, then God bless you. If you already knew that, if you were already sure of that, or if you believe that, but you're not quite sure, you feel like, yeah, I, I know I'm in God's kingdom, and I know I believe, but does God really want me here? Then the rest of this message is especially for you. If you already know, the part of this message that is for you and for me is not to put up more barriers that God has not put up. So I want to be very clear here. Before I start talking about barriers that we have, things that we put between uh, other people and God, I'm not talking about the barrier that is between God and man, which is his perfection, which keeps us from reaching him. There are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people who will say that because of Jesus, everyone, everyone is already in the kingdom of God. God does not change his nature. He's still perfect, and we are still imperfect. And I want to be very clear that according to what Paul is saying and according to Jesus, what Jesus himself said, 
We are only in because of Jesus. And everyone must believe in Jesus to get in. But that is the only thing. That is the only barrier and that is the only way to God. The barriers I'm talking about, the barriers that you might feel are between you and God or the barriers that you might be inclined to put between others and God are false barriers, um, ethnic barriers, cultural barriers, accent barriers, which part of town you're from, what sin you happen to struggle with or what others struggle with and you don't. Because the sin I struggle with, that's a normal sin, but the sin you struggle with, that's not, that's, that's worse somehow. These barriers, they don't exist. But we put them up, I think, because a lot of times we've been made to feel like that ourselves. Or maybe we still do feel like that ourselves. We feel like we're not quite in, and by putting others down or keeping others out, we feel special. This is not what Jesus did. Paul's message and my message lining up with that is that we are not to put those barriers up, either between us and God or between others and God with our attitude. Now, one of the things that I would often put up, not really intentionally, but an attitude I had would be, because I grew up in the church and I heard all this and I happened to know terms and everything, is like, everything like that because it was drilled into me from a young age, I would look down on people who didn't know all that. And that's ridiculous because the only reason I knew that was because other people told me. That happened to be a thing that I struggled with for a really, really long time. And I still have to catch myself with these sort of underlying thoughts. So whatever that, whatever that may be in your heart, again, it might be a barrier you feel is in between you and God. It might be your sin that you feel, God couldn't possibly love me because of this. <sighs> Understand that Jesus is the way through that. And if you are here thinking, well, I know God, I know God promised that, and I, I, I believe him, I believe him in the kingdom, but I still don't feel like, I, like he wants me here. Well, then I have one more thing for you. If you still feel that barrier, could be guilt, could be self-loathing. There's a story in Acts, which we actually covered before. It's in Acts chapter 10, where God sends Peter to speak to Cornelius. Peter, a Jewish man, a subjugated people in the Roman Empire, is sent to Cornelius, a Roman official. These two, for so many reasons, would not get along, would be the expectation. And Peter had to be warmed up to the idea through a whole thing. I think Tom Kay talked about a few weeks ago where God sent down a a vision of, of animals that he would have to kill and eat. And he says, I would never touch anything unclean. And God says, don't call anything unclean. I've made clean. This whole big thing just to warm Peter up to the idea of going to a Gentile's house and sharing the gospel with him. So Peter goes and he speaks to Cornelius because, and God sent him to Cornelius because Cornelius was like those God-fearing Gentiles that, that uh, Paul spoke to. They, he wanted God. He he believed, but he wasn't in the kingdom. So Peter goes, and he says this. Um, among other things, he's, he, he speaks for a little while, but then he concludes with this statement. Very much like Paul. But God raised him, that's Jesus, from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. 
He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter, that would be the Jews, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Hear this. While he was still speaking, God poured out his spirit on those who were present and listening. If you feel like God doesn't want you, in the kingdom, look at that. God, who was and is eternity, couldn't wait for Peter to finish his speech before he poured himself out on these people. He was so excited to bring them into his kingdom that he didn't wait for the message to finish. So my prayer for you as you're listening to this is that you're already starting to feel this. If you believe this and you've just struggled with this, that you would be renewed in this understanding. But if you're here and like, I'm saying all these words and, and I heard Paul's message and he said all these names and I don't understand, you feel because you didn't grow up in the church and you don't understand all this that you're not quite there? Just remember the words of Jesus, the words of Paul, the words of Peter, he is here for everyone who believes. And that's our big idea today that I want you to take home. God wants you with him in his kingdom. And not only because he promised, and he will fulfill that promise, not only because he promised, but because he is excited to have you and me and all of us. Lord, this is not easy to believe sometimes. It's not easy to hear sometimes when we feel terrible about ourselves or what we've done. And it's not easy to, to treat other people the same, uh, same way. It's, it's, it's hard not to do that. It's hard not to, to throw up barriers between other people and God because we feel like we're not, we don't belong. But I pray, Lord, that you would break through those barriers of guilt and of self-loathing, and of shame, and that for anyone listening who hasn't yet believed, that you would help them understand truly that they are not yet in the kingdom, but the way into the kingdom is through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.